Hello and welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. We are your hosts, Amy Ravel and Kirsty Fruja. And today we have a third mic. We have Maz Compton, who puts our podcasting efforts to shame with the amount of hours that she has spent in front of a radio and podcast mic. Maz, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Amy and Kirsty, for having me. I actually, I love what you guys do. So I, I'm super pumped to be on this podcast and to just literally unpack how I've unpacked my life because I feel like you speak my language. We certainly do. And we're so excited that you're here. So <laughs> can you introduce yourself to our listeners who may not listen to yeah. Sydney radio or may not even be Australian? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, because podcasts reaches far and wide. Um, so, yeah, my name is Maz Compton. I, I started off in radio and television like two decades ago. That's how old I am. And um, I spent my whole adult life working in media, either interviewing celebrities, flying around the world for MTV, um, hosting awards shows and partying. And it was super fun. <laughs> and I don't apologise for that story at all. Um, and then... So I kind of did TV in my 20s and then when it got, when I was sort of turning 30, I was like, do I really want to be the 30-year-old chick on MTV? I don't know. And I sort of switched. 30 is so old. Seriously, like <laughs> what an idiot. And I look young. So it like yeah. when I was 30, I still looked 12. But anyway, so I kind of switched gears and I kind of went back to my first love of radio and I've been dabbling in radio kind of ever since. So Media personality would be one way to describe what I do. Um, but in amongst all of that, I left media. I started a gym. I like went on a whole fitness and decluttering journey, which started in about 2016, which is kind of, I think, what leads me to you guys, really. And I love that. So you've got... Um F45 gyms, is that right? Yes. Yeah, so we originally, so I had, I did have two of the gyms. Um, I have the one in Avalon and then um, we opened the one in Charmhaven. And then I, we had a baby. And about three months before I was going to bring a human into the world, I was like, I can't have two businesses and a new baby. I'm going to go crazy. So we decided to sell um, the Charmhaven business and just focus on the one. So we do still have F45 Avalon, which is my first baby of business, and then an, a real human called Henry now as well, who's nearly two and a half. So, Maz, tell us about your decluttering journey. Get it? Tell us that story. We'd love to hear Okay. It. So it's interesting, Amy, that you say that the sort of life shift and decluttering thing kind of go hand in hand because that really is what happened for me. So uh, if you will indulge me, can I just give you a bit of a bit more of a backstory Please. on how I got to declutter? So working in media as a TV host, as a radio presenter, I was literally given free shit for like 15 years. I was given and I didn't ever once complain. Like I got designer dresses. I had a shoe wardrobe that was like something out of clueless. It was, and I really, I was never a fashionista, but I had this thing in the back of my brain where I was like, I can never wear the same outfit twice. Cause like, what if somebody snaps me in it and puts me in the social pages? Like back in the day when we used to all read the newspaper before the internet was a thing. 
So this is my, and I'm only explaining this context because this was my normal. So I think that's, it's not normal to have people want to dress you and style you for red carpets and stuff. But I think it's normal that we want stuff and we want new stuff all the time because we get bored of the old stuff and we don't want to double up on the stuff. And so clothing for me, shoes was a thing. I had like a huge book collection. I'm a huge nerd and I love reading, but I'd always keep all of my books because I don't know, I just thought that that's what we did. So when I I left TV and I got into radio and then what happens in radio is you basically get sent to a lot of different places that you don't want to live to learn how to do radio really well. And if you get good enough at it, you get to come back to Sydney or Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, you got to do the regional shift first. Right. But because I was on that journey, I kind of had to like pack my life up and, and move around a few times. So I moved in four years from um, Sydney to Adelaide, from Adelaide to Sydney, from Sydney to Melbourne and Melbourne to Sydney. And during it was during those radio years that I realised like every time I pack up my house and thank God the company is paying for the storage, <laughs> but I've got a lot of stuff. So this is where the stuff thing comes in. And then it wasn't until I ultimately left radio, not by choice, like hilarious story when we look back on it, but I was fired from not the Sydney. Not at the time. Radio. Not at the time. But I was fired from my um, radio job, not because I'm bad at radio, just because, I don't know, that's just something that happened. And I kind of went on this huge journey of purpose because I had this kind of identity crisis when I left radio of like, if I'm not the chick on the radio, then who am I? And like, what do I even want to do in life? And I have six wardrobes full of clothes that I don't even need anymore because there are no red carpets to go to when you don't have a radio job. Yeah, so I can't say that Kirsten and I do many uh, red carpets, Mads. Well, you don't, but <laughs> how do you know that I don't, Amy? <laughs> that's where it started. It was like at the end of that first part of my huge media journey that I really sat with myself and I looked at all that stuff and I was like, none of this fills me up. I feel empty, lost, broken, humiliated. I feel mm. like I've failed. So, like, let's just sit in that pile of crap and figure out what is the purpose of my life. And it's from there that, like, two really significant things happened. One was that I decided to um, go on a huge fitness journey Um I quit drinking and I opened a gym. Like that's sort of the the wellness fitness side of what I started. And then the other thing I started to look at was like I have all of these things, but none of them make me, none of them helped me keep my job. None of them really mean anything. So what do they mean to me? And that was kind of like that first question I started asking myself of like, what is the point of all this stuff in my life when I, it's not making me a happier person. So I, w- I went on this huge journey of like self-fulfillment and feeling content and I realised that it was not going to be from having one more shopping spree at the Iconic. It is not going to be because I get the latest smartphone. It, like I, I kind of had that aha moment then. And that's, good, that's the beginning. Like that's, that was like that was the day one bit. 
then there's like a whole thing, as you guys would know, of like, well, then what do I do with this stuff? Mm. How do I decide what I do need? I can't just like throw all my clothes out because no one needs to see that. So, so I actually, um, I watched the minimalist documentary yep. and I was like, oh my God, those guys look so freaking chilled out. They, they just like had this essence about them that I was like, I think that's what I'm in search of. So how do we get that? And I kind of, I guess I really just obsessed over the minimalists for a while. And um, <laughs> after watching the doco and buying their book, the next sort of step for me was I did what um, they they call it the packing party, where um, they're like, this was all completely against my husband's will, by the way. I just need to explain that too. But our marriage has survived decluttering. Because um, he was like, what's the big deal? Yeah, we've got the why space you, for it. What does it matter? Why do you need to get rid of all this stuff? I'm like, you don't understand. Um, so I did the packing party as we moved house, which is which was the perfect way to do it. So the packing party is where if you're not moving house, you pack all your stuff into boxes as if you're moving house and then you take out an item every time you need it for the next 10 to 14-ish days and then whatever's left in the boxes, which is usually 80% of your stuff, you basically don't need and then you figure out what to do with it. So we, I did my sort of packing party when we literally moved house. So after a month of living in the new house, we had all of this stuff in boxes and then I was like, oh, okay. And then it's then shit gets real because <laughs> then it's one thing to go, okay, this stuff isn't fulfilling me and, like, let's get rid of it and let's minimise and let's declutter. But then to walk it out and mm. to say goodbye to some stuff is really hard because a lot of it for me was I'm talking about those designer dresses that literally still had the tags on. That's a part of, like, my radio success and my television career and my value and my worth. And I had to realise that my worth isn't in a designer dress that I wore for half a second on a red carpet with Channing Tatum, even though it's a great story, yes. my worth is so much more than that. Um, yeah, is that a good start? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm just like mic drop, mic drop, mic yeah. And I, Naz, I wish we had known each other early. So for listeners, Naz and I connected uh, two months ago. Naz had me on her podcast and we were just, we could have talked forever. Oh my God. Yes. It was just delightful. Um, I just wish that our worlds had collided in 2016 because I feel like mm. the journey that you've been on is the journey that we want to share with our community. Like it's what, cares, what wakes us up in the morning. Yeah. Um, and so I think as you're sharing, like our community are just going, yeah, like putting another voice to it. I'm going, this is a, experience that I can go through and come out of yeah and it's not like one thing and I love sharing this sort of I don't get to talk about this stuff on the breakfast radio show that I have really like I just don't and it's a it's a side to me that you kind of I don't know you, you can't I kind of it's not like I keep it on the down low it just doesn't really come up a lot but when I do engage in conversation about this journey that I've been on to like live more like live with more purpose and less stuff is kind of like I guess the philosophy behind it I 
get super jazzed because I look at the transformation I've had as a human and I look at like those, like you're saying mic drop, mic drop, but like those mic drop moments are like real pivotal, pivotal moments in my journey of life and self-awareness. And I'm, I'm like baby stepping through this too. I feel like I've only kind of just started. But some of the things that I think surprised me about me is like I've kind of shifted to this monochrome capsule wardrobe vibe and it's just bizarre because I used to think that my clothes and I'm not dissing anyone like this is no judgment this is just my story but this is what I've noticed about myself is I used to where really I used to have a feature now and have like I'd call it the arm party and have like 15 bangles up my arm and like I'd have these like things you could that hear you before people could see you <laughs> totally and I'd have these like I call them it's like my pop like what's my fashion pop today that was my thing and what I've realized is like I'm the pop and I yes. just used to do that as a way of expressing something that I didn't value I didn't think that it was me it's something I felt like I had to show everyone and when I like stripped it all back and I am literally wearing black on black on black on black with a pop of white but I am the pop and that there's so much more empowerment when you realize like I don't need to do all that stuff to show people who I am how special my message is how talented I am or what I want in this life. Like I can do it because I am who I am. The power you feel in that is like you can only feel it when you feel it. I know, Kirsty, you have felt it and Amy, you have felt it because you're both nodding like amen. Yes. And that's what I want to share with people. That's like uh, there's like a 100 messages that I want to share, but that's such a crucial one, especially for women who get bogged down in this like keep up with the everyone's and buy more and have more and do more and you're pushing all the joy out when you're filling your life with stuff that's what I found oh my gosh like (laughs) I like I am fist pumping and jumping up and down inside my little booth here because I'm so excited because we are just about to relaunch our um, Head, Heart and Home course, which is our signature course. And in that, we write a letter to people and we say, you are the important things like yeah. your value is in who you were created to be not in the things that you buy not in like your your uniqueness and your beauty is what will draw people to you and is what the world needs from you yeah it is not the stuff that you accumulate it is in your unique creation in who you are and we write this letter to them and then our first step in in the course is figuring out what your values are and aligning your life to your actual values not what society is telling you you should value not in anything but what it is that you uniquely value and you 
you know, if you have a family and if you've got other people who are directly impacting how your home feels and looks, like getting them on board and asking them like to create a vision for your life. So can you talk, I know that that's part of your story too. So can you talk to that as well? Yeah, well, I think for the family thing, let's start with family because I do have one and I love them dearly. And when, like, when I kind of came to this whole idea of declutter, minimalism, however we want to define it, um, I do, I remember my husband just giving me some really serious side glances, like, what's going on here? Yeah, Yeah, like, what are you doing? Yeah, is this a hobby? Is this a fad? Have you joined the cult? Yeah, yeah. And don't throw out the bread tin that I made when I was 13 years old. Holy shit, that was a mistake. So (laughs) can I just tell that story? It's so funny. So I was, so this, I feel like I've decluttered like every six months now. And there's not even like any more clutter. I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I, there's just all. I just feel like there's always a an, another little cleanup. Yeah. There's a there's a little bit more to do. There's a little bit more to do, but like at the very very beginning, I I was like, I'm just gonna get rid of some stuff that I just think is just crap and it doesn't like doesn't go with the aesthetic of my house. Not that I knew what the aesthetic was, but I was like, it's definitely not that. And I got so my husband when he, I didn't realize that he made it's just you know those bread tin. It's like a wooden timber box and the Oh like yeah, you, the you rolling roll the timber lid up. Yeah, we all yeah. made in woodwork. So yeah. he had that, yeah. and I'd moved into his place, and I was just like, so like you know, step one of this whole journey is like, let's just throw out all the crap that we think is crap. But like, so this piece of crap, <laughs> he was like, he goes, that's the, he goes, that's the only thing that I have from when before my parents got divorced. He's like, and I was like, oh, and I'm like, well, where'd you get it? And he's like, I made it, made it. <laughs> in woodwork. And I was like, oh, I don't know what the minimalists are going to say about this, but I guess we can't check it out. So I learned really quickly to like keep my opinion to the side and just have an open conversation about how do we feel about said item over there in the corner collecting dust that we never acknowledge or look at or use, right? So I think for anyone who's like starting out on this journey, word of advice, and I learned the hard way, like you can't be all preachy about it because you have to live with people in your family and they need to feel comfortable and not afraid that you're just going to go on a mission and start chucking stuff out. And I think I went like pretty hard early on. And then I realized this has to be, I need my family to be on board with this and I, and I need them to not feel like they're going to be missing out. So it was like, I think that's why I had, I baby stepped it as well. Cause I was like, I was having all these huge revelations, but I'm like, I don't want my husband to hate this experience or to resent me because I want to like chuckle of his junk out. It, it, it's this whole process was about me, but I also like share my entire life with another human and he's very important to me. And so I feel like it's one of those things where if we go back a few years from where he was to where he is now, like he's come a long way and he doesn't even realise it. Like he just doesn't even, you know, he'll say stuff now like, oh, we don't even, we, we don't even need that. Like what do we even need that for? And I'm like, yes. 
<laughs> like, Maz, what you experience with your husband is really critical for people to understand when they're decluttering with other people because the bread box was nothing to do with where you kept your bread. We still have it, by the way. That's perfect. (laughs) That's fine. That bread box actually represents a part of his life and dreams that he may have had for the future and abilities that he was developing. Like the story of the bread box has nothing to do with where are we going to keep our bread so it doesn't go stale? Nothing to do with that. And I think that that's so important for people to understand as they're going through the decluttering process themselves and when they're walking it through with other people. Like as professional organisers, we encounter that all the time. Like we'll go, yeah. oh, should we get rid of this? And they look at you like you've just asked them to put their dog down. Yes. Like I don't know what landmine I just stepped on, but clearly we're not getting rid of this thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the another big one that I'll share um, is so when we moved, so um, we bought our first home last year, which is like freaking the best thing ever. I'm so stoked for us. Congratulations. Um, thanks. Awesome. I'm, I'm like really, really, I just love, I love, I've never owned a home. Yeah. So like I've never been able to nail nails into the wall and hang <laughs> pictures. I've always had to use those stupid 3M sticky tabs. But anyway, <laughs> this like, there's not heaps of stuff on our walls, but the stuff on there is like permanently on there and it's awesome. But when we did this move, knowing that this would probably be our last move for a while, because this is my son's childhood home, um, we I did another packing party scenario and we had a bookcase in our old apartment. And I was like, I said to my husband, I'm like, how do you feel about books? <laughs> and he's like, oh, here we go. And I'm like, this is how I'm feeling about books. I have so many of them. I've read them all. They're great. 90% of them I don't need or want, I don't have any sentimental attachment to. And I feel like if I gave these books to other people, it would bless them more than it would having this like brag shrine of books on my, on on another piece of furniture, taking up a bit more space in the house. And I was like, what if we did this? I said, we both get a box. You keep all the books that you want to keep in that box. I'll keep the books that I want to keep. All of my books, I can tell you exactly what's in the box. Everything by Brene Brown, everything by Oprah Winfrey, everything by Maya Angelou, that's about it. Um, And I said, let's keep the ones that we want to hang on to and give every other book away. And the deal is we say to the people we give the books to, once you're done with it, you have to give it to someone else. It's not allowed to stay on a bookshelf. We'll yeah. call it like the universal yeah, the traveling book. Yeah. The traveling book. So we did it. And in the new house, those two boxes of books are in a, a wardrobe. And they ha- those boxes have not been opened, but we have no bookshelf. And I haven't stopped reading. And so that was a big one because I was like, I felt like the books rep- it was like my way of showing everyone how smart I am. Mm-hmm. I was like, don't you just love, oh, and I kept my recipe books too. And they are on, I have this like coffee, like this little square coffee table with a little hutch and mm-hmm. my recipe books are just in the hutch. They're just there. So they're hidden away, but I, cause I do like to cook a lot um, and bake. So the recipe books I did keep there, but the books in the boxes haven't been touched mm. and I still, yeah, that's what I was saying. 
I felt like the bookshelf was like this visual representation of like, I'm so intellectual mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I don't need that acknowledgement from anyone anymore. Yeah, totally. But it took me ages to like get to that point yeah. where I was like, I don't need everyone to know how many goddamn books I've read. Like, Yeah, and the books it, don't mean that I, I give better advice. The books don't mean I'm wiser. Like the advice I can give and the, like we, similar story, like we um, we gave away 700 of our books when we moved house and that's wow. 700 of our books. So I now probably, I can count them. I have six books. I own six yeah. books and they're sitting right near me. Um, my husband still has a bookshelf in his office, but that's up to him. It's but his office. It's correct. <laughs> it's about knowing what exactly what you and Kirst said before. It's your value is not based on the fact that I read a book and therefore I'm a better human. Yeah, and I think too for me, like, I would, I was, because it took me ages to, I know I'm saying like, oh, I did this and I did this and I packed up my house and I threw myself, it's like, it's like weeks. I was like weeks on the bookshelf, like sitting in front of the bookshelf, walking past the bookshelf, like alphabetizing, color coding, working out how to make it fit, right, in my life still, knowing that I just felt like there wasn't room for it. It wasn't necessary for it to exist physically there. And I did also think like, these books just gathering dust on this shelf are not impacting anyone's life in a positive way. Mm. And so I'm like, it's going to actually make a difference. So instead of me talking about whatever book I read and how transformative it was and, like, it's amazing and you should read it and then it's like the Michelle Obama book. Like, it is. It's freaking amazing. And then watch the documentary and then read another one of her books and then listen to her podcast and, like, She's the freaking best. Yeah. But that book sitting on my shelf wasn't changing anyone's life after mine had been changed. So I was like, oh, my God, if I give it to someone, there actually is like, again, it's if that's empowerment, that's, that's helping, that's sharing, that's what books are supposed to do, right? So that was a huge one for me because I am a massive nerd and I love reading and I loved having this like, I don't know, like this tally of how smart I am in front of me is a constant reminder of like, oh, look at all those books I've read. But then I was like, I don't need that. I'm, I'm kind of okay. So that was another pretty big one. So there's no bookshelf in the new house. Very good. <laughs> and I think you've just really clearly identified two different aspects of the decluttering. It's like, well, you've uncovered your why. Why was I keeping them? And for you, it was so that you could, for lack of a better way of putting it, show off and be be known as the bookworm that you are. But then you've also identified how you have been able to let go of the books. Your mindset was, okay, I'm going to think about the other people like the consequences of letting this go. Um, And I think that that's so helpful for our listeners to hear that it wasn't just about, oh, now I've identified that I don't need these books or or that this is a reason why I was keeping these books. So, yeah, you can let them go, but you also attached meaning to the letting go. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that I'm not getting new books either. Like I I still for Christmas, like my gift list suggestions for Maz Compton is just a bunch of nerdy psychology books. But once I 
I'm get like if I'm you know I have a couple on the go at the moment but once I'm done I'm like I'm handing it over because I want it like I don't know it's like this whole continuum it's like mm-hmm. let's let's keep that learning continuum going the continuum stops if if I'm just holding on to yeah my like thing you have because the ability to, to draw a line in the sand of that book's influence that particular yeah. physical copy that influence line in the sand or yeah. you can say go forever go yeah. and get past the stains and be in backpackers and go to best friends and like that's the beauty of it it's like did you guys ever watch that movie serendipity yes no <sighs> Oh, yeah. oh my god! Or maybe, yes. and I don't remember. Amy, yeah, Amy doesn't I, remember movies very well. I'm not, not very like, well. I could watch it today and tomorrow. I don't remember that I watched. Oh right, okay. I feel like you'd love it, but it is this. I I won't wreck it for anyone, but it's just a cool. It's really old. You I'm writing it on my it. list. So John Cusack, so yes. young, like baby yeah. faced John Cusack. But it's a really beautiful reminder of like when you let things go out there that it's not just going into the cosmos and has no meaning and sometimes they come back and you just never know the story that that's gonna tell by putting it out there and I like Amy mentioned it uh, months ago in a podcast or in a I, I can't remember when she mentioned it but I have it has stuck with me is that let we retain the information like if it's important to us we retain it having a physical reminder of something doesn't mean that it's not somewhere in our amazing amazing brain Um, and that's that's not true for everybody clearly amy forgets the movies that she (laughs) watches but then it's not important and i like reminding my clients that if it is important to them their brain will find it again and there's a whole thing called Google out there that yeah. we can find that information that's so, so different from even when we were growing up, you know, it, we had to go to encyclopedias and you may not be able to find something on that's a right. country that has just been created. But yeah. now we have access to so much knowledge and wisdom and information that if you need to find information again, there's usually for most things a way to find that information that's right yeah I I just hold on to that as well yeah we're gonna make you wait sorry for the second half of Maz's story because I don't I don't want you to miss out and I know that if an episode goes for too long you guys are going to forget to come back to it and I do not want you to miss a second of what Maz has to say so this has been awesome. It hasn't finished. We will be back in your ears next week with part two with Maz. Kirst, let's not even do a review for this episode. Let's just say we love you guys and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Ciao. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook so others can find our podcast too. Don't forget you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, artofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom.
We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.